Gary Scott. It is, and it's six minutes, well, seven minutes past eight this Thursday, the 18th of November. You're listening to Your Lancashire, and if you want to comment on anything that you've heard tonight, you can send us a text. The text line is open. It's 8133. Start your message with the word length, and that will cost you one standard text message rate. Uh, do do feel free. Send us a text if you, uh, if you care to do so. Tonight we're in conversation with members of Alcoholics Anonymous to mark Alcohol Awareness Month which the group um, uses November to, to make us think about our relationship with alcohol and to offer help to people who and support and, and you know companionship and friendship to people who realise that they are struggling because many of us have a good relationship with alcohol. You can take it or leave it. You can have a glass of wine. You can have one. doesn't matter. Sometimes you'll have one over the eight and, and that's fine. But for some people, they realise that, that it's it's not for them. And it's time for me or two, they're, they're chuckling away. And this this is nice. I like it when people chuckle. I, I always reckon it's my friendly face. Let's bring Alison in, first of all, chuckling away. The the Closet United fan, as she were describing herself there. So I've just ruined her. So. <laughs> West Ham. Okay, well, you're allowed to be a West Ham fan. We we Yeah, we don't talk about the, the red and blue side of Manchester. Um, thank you for being here, Alison. Thank no you for, uh, for talking to us. And again, we generally ask people to... to Try and think back to the first drink, if if you will. Ooh. Just come a little bit closer to my phone. That'd be lovely. Thank you. That'd be great. I don't actually remember my first drink, but I know when I crossed the invisible line with AA, with, with drinking. Okay, tell us about that. Uh, my background, well, um, I've always been a heavy drinker. Right. Um, and when I was in A, the more I looked back, the more I realised that I was actually a heavy drinker. Right. Um, I was always the first at a party, the last one to leave. Okay. Usually coming home with only one shoe. Um, oh, okay. Right. Cinderella then, so yeah. Cinderella touch. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, when my drinking really got bad, um, I actually thought it was the menopause. Uh, right. was it, I was early 40s. Okay. Um, when I really started drinking heavy. So what, what would drinking heavily be? What, what would you have on a typical night? Um... Well, obviously, you, you start with a bottle of wine, don't you? And before you know it, it's one is two and two is three. Um, the job I did at the time um, was quite a stressful job, mm-hmm. which obviously I found myself calling on my way home to get myself half a bottle of gin, which I'd drink, obviously, before my husband got home. Right. So I was always half caught before, yeah. before he'd walk through, through the door. Um, at the time, I actually went off sick with depression from work, which obviously was a, a carte blanche. I didn't have to go to work. Right. So I could drink then. It just went from the early evening drinking to, to literally 24-7 drinking. So you basically then, you, you're at home all day. You don't have to, to be any particular place at any particular time. And basically, you decide... That's open season then, it's carte blanche, you can, you can do as you like. That's right, that's right. Okay. Um, it, it led to um, an accident because um, I went was going to see my psychologist one morning and obviously I was over the limit and I ended up um, hitting a lamppost where the police were called and obviously I got um, arrested for drink driving mm-hmm. and taken to uh, Darwin Police Station uh, where I did 24 hours in police custody. Obviously, work had to find out because at the time, where I was working, it, it wasn't um, wasn't 
the, the best, um, you know, to be arrested. Uh, at the time, I, w- I did work for the police. Um, so you worked for the police in a civilian role, and so you would you would have known. I knew exactly and, what was going on, and you would have had a fair clue as to what would happen to you because yeah. that, you were you were definitely over the limit. Yeah, you were. At the time when I, I got to the police station, um, I do remember a couple of the police officers literally taking bets as to what what my reading was, and it was one of the highest that they'd had. And I'm certainly not proud of that, not at all. Do you know what that reading was? Can, can you tell us? Or? 153. So it was like four and a half times over the legal limit. I don't know how I stood up. I'm, I'm struggling to understand how you how you would drive a car. I don't even remember you know driving I mean? it. That's, that's it a frightening bit, Gary, yeah. I, I went past three schools. And wow. when I read the statement of the lady that was following me in the car... Um, who had rang the police, it frightened, it really did frighten me because I don't remember half of hitting the curb, going across the double lines, going past a school, going round a bend, turning a corner, skidding and hitting a lamppost. And how, how, I must have had somebody looking after me. I was going to say, were you injured, were you? No, I walked away with not a scratch on me. I was so lucky. What frightened me of is of what could have happened. That's that's what the could issue. Have yeah, that, that yeah. could have been. It could have well. You know, I don't want to catastrophize because no. it didn't. But that could it's have been. What, yeah. It's very easy to say like, oh, look at that, and it could have been. But that that is remarkable that you yeah. walked away from it. Yeah, yeah. Not like you I say, know. not a scratch on me. I was just so relieved. I don't know what it was that I I hadn't injured anybody. Yeah. You know, it, it could have been. It could have been. Um, it could have been a death, a child, anything. Yeah. I was just. Well, it's interesting. There'll, there'll be people listening who, who will think, how, "How dare she driving past three schools, tanks up, and all this?" But it's incredible that you no recollection of actually no. driving the car. That, no. That's amazing. So, you were in police custody then. Mm. You knew what were coming down the tracks because you yeah. are in the system. You know better than I, it, I yeah. do, and presumably you begin to sober up, which must have been a hellish experience as well it was awful um yeah you know i I, where i worked i knew the custody system i knew what the cells looked like i knew they had an en suite (laughs) you know as i say like trip advisor for the police aren't you yeah Yeah. you know and i I remember lying on my blue mattress in that cell listening from the other side yeah from normally you'd be I'd be the custodian, and instead you were the person yeah, in clink. You know, the, it and it was like I'm thinking. And my husband at the time didn't know where I was because right. he'd gone to work thinking I was sober, ah. and gone to see my psychologist. And I'd be home when he got home. And if it wasn't for like the psychologist rang Ian and said, "Do you know where she is?" He said, "I haven't got a clue." And they, mm. she told Ian where I was. And then yeah. he had to sort of ring round and find out where I was. And he came for me the day after. Um, wow. But, uh, but I remember the custody sergeant at the time, when I got released, he gave me a piece of paper with the AA telephone yeah. number on and the helpline. He says, you might need this one day. And yeah. I just put it in my pocket and never thought anything about it until I did need it. So you had that potentially life-saving document in your pocket. I want to bring in our second guest for this hour. I want, want, want to bring in Jane. How are you, Jane? Thank you for being part of the show. 
tonight. Oh, well, thanks. Um, you've been listening to, uh, to Alison's mm-hmm. experience, and everyone's life is different, and everyone's experience is different. But and anything chime there? Could you? Well, when I was listening, because that was a lot of part of my drinking, and it was blackout drinking. Terrifying, waking up places you don't know how you got there, doing yeah. things that you shouldn't have been doing, because um, that was kind of what brought me to the end of my drinking. It was the devastation that I was leaving. Of a mum of three young kids, it was devastating. You and know. this were you, mum of three young kids, was it, yeah? Yeah, right. yeah. So that's why I said I could identify, yeah. because, it, you know, people think, oh, you surely you know what happened, but honestly... You know, sometimes things come back when you, you know, but that's when this horrible, horrible feeling and sickness in your stomach when things start thinking, oh, my God, you know. Um, yeah. Can we talk about your drinking career, for want of a better word? Yeah, Can we? Um, I mean, I've been hearing you asking everybody if they remember the first drink. Yeah. Oh, do I remember my first drink? <laughs> Tell us about it. Uh, well, I'm a Blackman lass, so um, my first drink was in my teens, Bangor Street School. Um, yeah, we're not Bangor Street, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, I was with a friend and um, we went to the local shop. And in them days, I mean, you know, we're talking a long time ago now, buying cider was nothing. And mm. we bought a bottle of cider. Hated the taste, <laughs> but I love the effect, you know. It's funny, one thing that comes yep. up in common is... Yeah, I was listening. You you've to put up with the taste almost, when, yep. when you, you're most people's first taste. I've spoken to such a lot of people mm. uh, doing this. And they've, inevitably, they hated the taste of the stuff. Mm. They weren't keen at all. Mm. But they can put up with that to, mm. to get that effect, uh, yeah. as you speak of. And and the reason why I say that I remember the effect is because um, at that time in my life, the way things were going, um, for this shy girl that, you know, everything happened to, all of a sudden I'd drink, it gave, it took away fear. Mm. You know, as a teenager, it took away fear. I had no self-esteem all of a sudden. You know, self-worth, I had nothing. And all of a sudden, I'm life as all a party, you know. And, um, and and I chased drink for that reason, you know. I drank when I could, um, you know. I, and even at 16, you know, the trouble started. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's a... So, so you, you get in that buzz, you get in that yeah. effect. You, you're drinking for that. You're mm-hmm. very, very plain and simple, mm-hmm. that, you know. You, you want to do that. Mm-hmm. How long before you realised that you had... An issue that that fork yeah. in the road moment. Yeah, so it was a so it was a long um, period where um, because I love partying, so I was always out in Blackburn. That every night you could go out, and there was always somewhere to go after. Yeah, if there weren't somewhere to go after, and I'm sure it was like a Tuesday night, if there was nowhere to go after. There was no point for me to go out because I knew I needed to carry on, um, right. and that's and it lasted and lasted until. It was four years before I got to AA, um, and what happened was that it was the blackout drinking. I was in a relationship. I only had two boys at home then because, you know, they say when you step over the invisible line, drink stops doing, it starts taking. Um, yeah. And it took my oldest lad away from me. He went to live with his dad. And the selfish person just thought, oh, there goes my babysitter. Because basically it was bringing his brothers up, you know, because I was never around. Um and so what happened was um, the guy that I was with said, enough is enough. Um, you either do something this time. And I got to a rock bottom. And this yeah. rock bottom was um, 
my third attempt on my own life. So that's it was I was destroying. I couldn't destroy the people. I was it, I was turning on myself because I couldn't live with what I was doing, but I couldn't not do what I was doing. I know that probably sounds a bit silly. No, no, but, no, no you know. at all. But I'm just so yeah. I'm so how it happened was I came to AA not for me. I came to AA to save the relationship, and uh, I went to AA and he went to Al-Anon. And Al-Anon's a, a fellowship of men and women, friends and family of alcoholics. Because yeah, I want to talk, I want yeah. to talk about that in a little yeah. while because, you know, there, there are support services for, for people who aren't the drinker, mm. but who are being affected by the drinking. Mm. But Thanks to them, I got sober. Yeah, and, and I, I'm, I'm shocked, I suppose, with the matter-of-fact way that you said, you know, the third attempt on my life. Yeah. Like, like, you know, my third mother's boy. Mm. Just, just so, mm. so that that's incredible that that you were at such a, an ebb yeah. that you thought, okay, this this is the best thing. Well, I mean, we're talking twenty odd years later, but at the time when I was saying it, <laughs> it was a different yeah, story because I had to go and see psychiatrists. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and unfortunately, I went to see psychiatrists early in my recovery. Completely changed because all I wanted to do, well, all I wanted to do was drink. And that's how I ended up getting on a program in AA. Yeah. Basically, it was it's like because psychiatry you have to pay for in AA. It's free. Yeah, I know it's it's a talking program to talk yourself better. Yeah, you a, get the a... right person, and I could say anything I wanted to to another person, to another human being. I and I still do that today. Yeah. I don't keep anything in the head. No, don't let, don't let no, anything no. live rent free in your head. Exactly. That's the thing, isn't it? There you go. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to continue talking to Alison and to Jane. Uh, if this is ringing a bell with you, if if this is anything that you've heard tonight is is making you think, do you know what? Am I okay? Do do I need to check myself? Or do I need to mind myself? Uh, the outline is oh eight hundred nine one seven seven six five zero. That's oh eight hundred. So it's a free call nine one seven. Seven six five or, or there's the website alcoholics-anonymous.org.uk. Alcoholics-anonymous.org.uk, and you can have a browse on that website. There's tons to read. You're not committing yourself. Nobody knows you're on it. Um, you know, it's all all very discreet, and and you know, there's no. I mean, having a look is there, and and checking in with yourself, and just making sure that you are okay. Let's take a break and let all that um, let all that filter in while we listen to this one. It's Katy Perry on BBC Radio Lancashire and Roar.
unmissable podcast. This week, Lancashire remembers. Say thank you to everyone who sacrificed their life. It's the most moving day of the year for me. Laying foundations at the Lowther. We have lifted the first piece of soil. Wallace and Gromit shopping success. Well, it's made a lot of difference. We've gained so many new faces in here. Blackpool gets a new festival. Something for everybody involved in theatre to come and join in. And a new home for Cotton Post Office. It's an incredibly wonderful fix for us. We've had a horrendous situation. The Unmissable Podcast. It's a week's worth of Lancashire Life in just one hour. Download the latest edition now from BBC Sounds and hear Adrian's message for Graham. I'm not seeing you for a long while, have we? <laughs> Come on, lad. You know the score. BBC Radio Lancashire. Gary Scott. BBC Radio Lancashire. 26 minutes past eight this Thursday evening, and it's your Lancashire looking at the work of Alcoholics Anonymous and speaking to some incredible people, some, some interesting people who've been brought to our attention and who were talking about the recovery journey. And when we left Alison, we left her in a police cell. We we left her having blown her alcohol reading of about four and a half times the um, the legal limit, ruminating on her issue. And she had a piece of paper in her pocket as she left, which the desk sergeant said you might need that. And it was the number for Alcoholics Anonymous. And did you know what it was? Did you, as you heard of Alcoholics Anonymous, did you know anything about it? I had heard of it, but it wasn't for me because right. I wasn't an alcoholic. Is that the the excuse talking? Yeah. Is that the? I wasn't. I was just a heavy drinker. But right. you know, you you think that that past twenty four hours would have taught me a lesson. Yeah, I, I mean, people will surely be thinking that surely, if if you didn't know before. You must have known then that you were in bother and this wasn't good for you. So talk to us, talk us through what's inside the addict's head at that point. How do you explain it away? I came out of, obviously, the police station and the first thing I thought was I need a drink. You know, because I did. I was shaking, rattling, rolling. Um, My husband, like I say, came to pick me up Mm. and I went home and had a bath and got sorted. And you think that was enough to teach anybody a lesson, but obviously you'd imagine, wouldn't yeah. You? You know. Moving on from that, I had to go to magistrates' court at, at uh, Blackburn, which, because of the reading or whether it be where I worked, um, just got sent straight to Preston uh, Preston Crown Court. So I I appeared at Crest, Preston Crown Court in the May, mm. and, and given a, a driving ban and a supervision probation order and my license was just straight revoked by the judge right just took the um, license away and that, that, that was that. it it yeah. was revoked okay. no no nothing um i was very lucky i didn't go to prison i am yeah. um, you know i was i was expecting a custodial sentence right. um and I, I didn't get one um I did, had a, did you have an effect on your job did you lose your job or i kept my job um by keep putting sick notes in, and obviously it was referred then to the discipline and complaints, okay. which is obviously a, which is the, the police discipline yeah. side. Um, and bef- before it basically got that far, I resigned on on the last day that I could, yeah. and I was getting obviously paid while I was off. Yeah. So I resigned in the September, um, and then like from the September to the you know the following year. I just spiralled out of control. 
um, so much so that um, I had to go and live back with my dad. And I can understand now why my husband and my son had had enough of me. Um, the lying, the, the, when I say the cheating, the cheating with mm. the other person was Gordon's gin. Yeah. You know, I might as well have been having an, an affair with a bottle of gin because yeah. he didn't know where, they didn't know where I'd gone, what I was doing. They mm. were finding bottles everywhere. I was lying. Um, so I went back to live with my dad, who at the time lived in Swinton and was 84 years of age. He didn't really need to be babysitting me. Right. Um, you're painting a, a bleak picture, but you're really now talking to us. Yeah. So something changed. Let, something, let's, di something did change. Let's walk you forward yeah. to, to that something change. Something did change. And um, basically, I'd had enough. They took me to hospital. I did five months in Hope, uh, five days in Hope Hospital on like a rehab ward. Mm. I came out of there on the Monday, and on the Wednesday night, I went to my first AA meeting. And you know, when you walk in a room and you think, this is where I belong, and that's where I belonged. And there was no looking back. So and it clicked right away. It you thought, yeah, away. this makes sense. They yeah. say, don't compare and identify. The people that were sharing at that meeting shared for me. And it is if somebody had been in there and spoken my life before. Because these people had done it. They knew exactly what I, you know, what I was going through. Mm. Um, and I came away knowing there was hope. I knew from the minute I walked in, in that room, there was hope. These people were like-minded people and they were exactly the same as me. They knew what I'd been through, what I was going through and what I was to go through. Yeah. And they were all there for me. And, and I came out of that meeting, I went back to my dad's because I was, I was obviously still at my dad's at the time. And I remember waking up the next day with hope. I felt awful because I was still going through the slight detox at the yeah, time. Yeah, the physical. I was still shaking yeah. and, well, what and is, all what the is rest that of like? It. I mean, explain the the physical effects if if the someone's coming off drink. Were awful. I mean, I remember being in the kitchen at home, and one minute I was being sick, and in the other hand, I'd got a glass of neat gin. Now, where's the sense in? One minute throwing your guts up and the next minute you're still throwing another drink down your neck just to calm yourself down. I just don't... Even I don't understand mm. that, but I did it. No, clearly, clearly yeah, that, that... Anything to get you through, I suppose. That's what it these, was. These Anything things. for me to function because I needed it that, at that time. So when you woke up that morning with hope... Yeah. I'm guessing that's the first time you woke up with hope in your heart for a good long while. Yeah. 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 And I knew... There was something. I knew my life was going to change, and I knew I had to. I had to do it for me, and I did. And I had a fantastic sponsor, and friends that I've met all the all the way through, um, you know. And and gradually things got better. Yeah. Um, obviously, my my husband and my son and my dad could see a change in me. Yeah. I was going to more meetings. I was going having a coffee with people. I was reading the the blue book, which, mm. as you know, is is the alcohol um, an honest book. Yeah. Um, I felt not only a physical change but a mental change as well. Mm. Um, I'm not a big God believer, but I do understand I have a higher power looking after me. Yeah. Um, and the, um, these terms, um, just for people who, who 
you know, on the cross them. So a sponsor. A sponsor is somebody that takes you through the AA 12-step programme. Right. Um, and they take you, th- obviously take you through it and they sort of look after you. They take mm. you under the wing. They're always there if they're needed. Uh, they're there for, for advice. When I say advice, all the advice, it's suggested advice. Yeah. You know, so whether you do what they suggest or not is yeah. is up to you. But it's a buddy, it's a, a friend, yeah. A, a, yeah. someone to talk to, yeah. And, um, you know, the, the the book you refer to, just explain what that is. The AA Big Book is, it was written by Dr. Uh, Bob and Bill Wilson, um, and it's basically our Bible. Yeah. Uh, and I'll be honest, I mean, I don't know it cover to cover. I know people that can, can recite it chapter and verse. Yeah. Um, you know, but when I want it, I know where it is. I know what passage I need. Yeah, you can put your hands on it and, yeah. and find, yeah. find the help. That, um, that's it. And, yeah. Yeah, great, great text. Let's bring Jane back in. So, Jane, we, we left you again at this sort of... You, you'd, you were at the fork in the road. You'd decided... You know, let's let's have a go at Alcoholics Anonymous. And what were your experiences well, like there? Before that, it was the stories had stopped working. That's why I eventually had to say, okay, I'll go to AA. So was it? Did you go with an open eye to where it? Well, I better do this then. I went to save a relationship. That was the sole thing on my mind because, as far as I was con- concerned, an alcoholic was somebody on the boulevard. Mm. You know what I mean? Somebody who daily drank twenty four seven. That was my... Spoke earlier on about the tramp yeah, on the bench. and Exactly, the, the and that's what of, I honestly know. believe. And I was a bit insulted to be called an alcoholic. Right. Call me a pisshead. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies there for language. <laughs> and I'm with you, sorry. Um, so, yeah, so I did go down. Um, I remember Monday night, Larkhill, um, Al-Anon in one room, AA in another room, mm. and I had my first meeting. Now, in my first meeting, I suffered the worst part of this illness, and it's called denial. Right. And I did exactly what I was told not to do. I compared myself to everybody. Um, most of the time I used to say, I'm not that bad. I don't need a drink in the morning. So and you I can use this to justify, yeah. well, I'm not so bad, yeah, yeah. I don't do what yeah, he does. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So basically what I did from my first meeting, apart from thinking what they're telling him in there, because they're saying, get rid of her. Yeah. <laughs> and the other part of me was thinking, I know what I need to do. I need to control my drinking. That's all I need to do. Right. And I honestly went away from my first meeting and I decided to control my drinking. So you went away with a plan? You thought, I, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll not plan. have drink. And it was a plan. I'm <laughs> presuming that plan didn't really... No, a few months down the line of trying to control my drinking. Now, I was going to a, to a meeting every week, every Monday night, religiously, mm-hmm. because, of course, I have to show that I'm well, doing something about show my drinking. Show willing, yeah. So he goes to Alanon and I go to AA and... Um, and by this time, because I drank all my friends away before I got to AA, sick and tired, police, mm. ambulance, whatever, you know, I was first out and they never could find me. No friends. Um, and I had a full-time job, but I worked behind a bar at the weekends. So I'm in AA. I'm working you're, behind you're in bar. AA and you're working behind a bar in Temptation's <laughs> because, way. Because and in, I, in a bar. I convinced him we needed the money. And in a bar, I've, I've worked behind <laughs> bars myself and... Drinking culture is there because yep. you work all day, so you'll go for a pint when you're finished. I yep. mean, it's it's part of life yep. in the pub trade. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I'm not convinced you were taking this seriously, <laughs> were you? Uh, nope. No. I was try- I was because I was an I'm an alcoholic. I was a liar. You know what I mean? I didn't know what truth was. I was taught as a child that I would never be able to tell anybody the truth. You know mm. what I mean? Deceitful. I I have to do all these things to get the drink. Okay. I never hid drink before I got to AA. For the simple reason was I didn't need to, but when no. I got to AA and I'm trying to save a relationship, I start having time to drink and I start listening to everybody else how they did it. Right. And then someone told me, if you drink vodka, nobody can smell it. So, so Never you've thought only... for a minute it was my actions, not the way I smelt. So, this, so basically what you're doing, Alison Sligan away as well, but... Because um, she's identifying. You, you went to AA and it sounds like you just picked a load of tips up on, on how to hide yeah. your drink. I know that it sounds mad because Please. I'm so full of denial. And all this that's happened, I'm like... And I know I'm laughing... But I know. It's I, don't, very I don't mean serious. to. I'm, I don't but mean to. But it only to took a few months, light, luckily, and I still live to tell the tale because my third attempt happened. Mm. And what happened was he learnt something in Al-Anon, and it's called tough love. He stopped having to. Um, what's that word? There's a word. Well, I mean, not to mollycoddle you, not to. Yeah. to... There's a word that they call it. Um, right. Anyway, so he had to stop fixing. He had to stop fixing the kids. He had to Enabling. Stop that's it. Enabling, yeah. and even and I'm not saying he enabled me to drink. What he did was he enabled me because he fixed everything. Mm. He told the kids stuff, and, and do you know what I mean? And mm. and then he cleared up the mess, the, yeah, the wreckage. Basically, and eventually, yeah. I'd go back out there. So you know, and he stopped. He walked away, right. and I, I know today that must have been the hardest thing, you know. Um, and I got through the night. Um, because I came round the next morning with the drawers behind the drawer, the door, and the tablets and the booze, um, and from that moment on, up until today, I haven't had a need or want for another drink, and only because um, I knew I was going to end up dead. And and I know that they say that you can't do it for anybody else, but for me, it was a blessing that I did come to AA because of somebody else, mm. because that way I got it. I found there's no such thing as controlled drinking for me, yeah. the alcoholic. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I had to start. I had to start learning to live. You know, because I've been a mum, but I never was a mum. It wasn't till I was five years sober that I said to my kids, "I tell you what, we'll do Saturday night. We'll go to Blockbusters. <laughs> we'll get some videos and sweets." And my yeah. lads turned around to me and said, "Are you joking, mum? It's Saturday night. We're off out." I lost all my kids' childhood. You know, I was never around. Um, but I got into AA and I, you know, I did what was suggested. But, you know, that word God popped up. Yeah. And as a child, praying to God that things wouldn't happen, and they always did. Religion wasn't, you know. Not your I, cup of tea. And I thought, oh. So I came, I did meetings, and meetings became my safe place because I knew I didn't want to drink. You know, and and I attended meetings, and in Blackburn there was meetings every night, and I go. And my mum lived near; she'd look after the kids, and that's what I did for a long time. Um, but then I discovered that, you know, I mentioned before that I was uh, full of fear and mm. and all these emotions that I drank on. Of course, now all these emotions are raw. You know, so I'm discovering that I'm becoming more fearful. You see, I, I kept fixing on things to make myself better, not drink. And it could be anything from shopping to food to men, whatever, I fixed. Right. You know, because I didn't want to see the problem. And that problem was me. And I needed to, and again, the sponsorship was mentioned in a programme. Um, 
And for me, you know, I, I, I turn things around in my head. You know, this obviously comes from American sponsorship is what they call it. I call it a friendship. Yeah. And I found a woman who became the best friend who sat with me and let me talk in my time. Not when psychiatrists wanted me no. to talk. It no. was all in my time. And and that's what she did. And, you know, and that that's called step four and five is admitting and whatever. But I didn't do it the conventional way. I taught myself better. And sometimes like people get sick of hearing me meeting because <laughs> because I love talking, you know, because I'm so passionate about AA yeah. because it saved my life. Not only did it save my life, you yeah. know what I mean? I've got relationships today with my boys. Yeah. And I've got granddaughters. They wouldn't have let me anywhere near my granddaughters with no. the kind of mother that I was to them. I want to talk about both yours, Jane, and Alison's recovery journey. I sort of hate the journey word, but it is a journey that people go on and I'm going to be asking how long you've been sober after this one this is the new one from ABBA uh, Just a Notion on BBC Radio Lancashire stay with us your Lancashire through until 10 o'clock
That's Abba, just the notion on BBC Radio Lancashire. We're having a fascinating evening talking to members of um, Alcoholics Anonymous who were in recovery and encouraging you to think about your drinking and check in with yourself. Make sure you're all right, you know. If you like a drink, you like a drink, and there's no problem with that as long as you can control it. It's when it becomes controlling of you that you've got an issue. And if you think you might have an issue, or you're curious, or you wonder about things, there is help out there. You can log on right now while you're listening. Log on to alcoholics-anonymous.org.uk. That's an alcoholics-anonymous.org.uk. Or give them a call on 0800 917 7650. Uh, or you can Google for Al Anon as well. Uh, because there are groups for people. You might not be the drinker, but you might be seeing your loved one going through or through their own hell. And it might have an impact on you. And there's help and support out there as well. We'll get you some details on that before we go off at 10 o'clock. Alison, the lady who came to AA and it clicked it just absolutely clicked with you and you thought yeah this is for me this is what we want how long is it since you've had a drink um it was 10 years on the 19th of July this year so I'm I'm double figures and I really don't know where the 10 years has gone has it flown by it's absolutely flown it really has I wouldn't have thought I'd have been able to do 10 seconds let alone 10 minutes 10 hours 10 months 10 years and you've done it as they say one day at a time it's important that's what you, it is yeah. it's i don't project it's for today it's not f- i don't ponder on what i did yesterday i don't look ahead at what i'm going to do tomorrow yeah some things you have to you know you have to look at yeah but, but for my sobriety it's for today yeah. and today only just as long as you can um concentrate on on the now yeah if you like that's that, how is. nice then for that 10 years to be a blur, not because of alcohol, not because you were that drunk, you didn't know what you were doing, but you've just it's, you've just been living a, a happy life, you know? I've had a fantastic 10 years and hopefully plenty more Many to, more to, to come. come, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, well um, you'll certainly not I'm be doing... spring chicken. This is it, and you, you certainly won't be doing the damage that you were doing it, before. I think... Because those physical effects sounded horrible, this kind of shaking and clattering. They were, and, but it is... I did... Um, AA phone duties after a few years in, you know, when I'd got mm. in my sobriety. And it was only then did I realise the damage that I'd done to my family. It it really did hit home when you're answering phone, you know, phones to, to members who have got loved ones that are, were going through what I put my family through. Yeah. Um, you know, I make amends every day to my family by not picking a drink up. That's the most powerful thing you can do, isn't it? Yeah, to to make amends. That's the most and, and incredible no, part I, of your story. I'm not saying, Gary, I don't ever have a thought of a drink. I do. I'd oh. lie if I said I wasn't, but I know what to do. Right. You know, you, I, I got, asked Jed earlier on yeah. if, if he craved a drink, and, and to him, it's like, no, absolutely not. No. But you sometimes think. I think of it, it's the incoming thought. Yeah. But it's what I do with the incoming thought hmm. as to what goes out yeah and i i know it I, I have got i've worked so hard for my sobriety and got my family back that no drink is worth it for me yeah because i've got a beautiful two and a half year old grandson and i know 
what would happen. I've only got to look at him and he just, he's just got to look at me. And, you know, and, and I know it's not worth it. Yeah. You know, it's like I say, um, when I'm just going back a bit, my dad looked after me when my family didn't want me. And yeah. in 2018, my dad was taken poorly. So I was able to have dad come and live with me and I was able to look after him. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I'd have been drinking because no. I honestly don't know what would have happened. Who would well, have said I'd have still been here? You wouldn't have a clue, would you? I wouldn't I mean, have a clue. That's the point. And... But through being in AA and keeping in contact with people in AA and having, like it's been said, more a friendship yeah. than, than a sponsor. Yeah, the sponsor. Um, Funny term, sponsor. It is, a, it is a, it's, the American. It's a pal, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. just having a, someone yeah. you can sell up. I mean, I, I'm struggling. I lost yeah. my sponsor a good few years ago and he was absolutely fantastic. And I was lucky because his wife ran an Alnon, which is for family members mm. of people that are drinking. I had the whole package. Yeah. I was very lucky. But um, at the end of the day, I don't think I'd have been if I hadn't gone to AA. But you had the whole package, but you had to work at it. I mean, you had to had grab to. that opportunity with oh, both hands. Yeah, it, it's know. not easy at Didn't times. Just happen, you did know, it? You, you go through. And I'll, I'll be honest, I thought that if ever I'd have an excuse to drink, it would be when my dad passed away. That would have been the testing point, wouldn't it? It was. It, it was. You and would I'd have had almost, an excuse. I'm not saying I planned you? it, but no. I thought I could get away with that because. It would be an excuse. Yeah. And yet it was the last thing that came into my mind because I'd got all this friendship mm. and support and picking up, as we say, pick the phone up, don't pick a drink up because yeah. there's always somebody on the other end of a phone. Yeah. But when you get to the end of that glass, there's nobody. No, it's just, just you and just the empty, empty glass, isn't empty, it, I, I yeah. guess. You know. But, um, you know, for anybody that's struggling or thinks they've got a problem, I'm not saying it's for everybody, but it certainly works for an awful lot of people. Well, there's no harm in giving it a whirl. None this is at the all. point, isn't it? Because you, None can, at all. you can get the information, and as you say, you can go to a meeting and never go again if you don't want to. No Same. one's going to chase you with a net. Listen, yeah. we've asked everybody, Alison, to choose a song that means something to them, and you've chosen a Bon Jovi song, Keep the Faith. <laughs> you know, good song, funky song. It, it is. What, why have you chosen that one? It takes me back to a Blackpool convention in 2018. It was the first one I ever went to, actually. And, and obviously COVID hit in 2019, mm. so I'm still waiting to go to another one. But <laughs> it was one that came on and the whole table was just singing it. And it was like, you've got a whole room full of people that are just mad as fish, <laughs> dancing our hearts, singing, and not yeah. one of us had had a drink. And, incredible. You know, and it's it's that. So, yeah, it, it, it just yeah. takes me back to... I, I, mentioned, I mentioned Dry Boys earlier on and the fact that when I went into one, to all intents and purposes, it were, people were rocking the joint. It was brilliant. Yeah. The only thing is there was nothing alcoholic in the building. And, and you know, they were doing That's... that just off, off life, off happy vibes, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so this takes you back, does it? This it's is... really, I'll be, sing, I'll be bobbing in a minute. Well, you can. I'm going to put that on. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is Alison's Choice. It's a classic from Bon Jovi. It's Keep the Faith on BBC Radio Lancashire. Don't forget, plenty more to come between now and 10 o'clock. And uh, might just chime with you. We're with Alcoholics Anonymous tonight.
That's Keep the Faith, Bon Jovi, uh, the choice of Alison, uh, our third AM member tonight, with 10 years sobriety under a belt, one day at a time. Uh, there'll be no 9 o'clock news, by the way, just to remind you we're not taking the news tonight, because far more interesting people to meet and things to hear. Uh, Jane, can you talk to me about your geographical and explain what that means? Okay. I know Daniel's in trouble now, but you might as well be hung for a sheep as a lamb, so, you know. Yeah, so, well, people in AA know exactly what geographical is. It's basically, you think, right, if I move to somewhere else, I'll be different. If I, And this is what happened when I was 18. Life had become unbearable and family didn't want to know me. Um, and I ended up working at Romeo and Juliet's and mm-hmm. I met an Iranian student. And I was so ignorant and I've never, I didn't watch the news. I was a party girl. I didn't know what was going on in Iran <laughs> until I ended up there. And the first night I was in the shower when the air raid was on and the cockroaches were flying and I'm sat there crying. Yeah. And oh. this would be when? What kind of time period? 82. Was? All right. Yeah. All, all, all yeah, the good times were rolling yeah. in Iran at that time, I went, weren't they? Because I remember because I was pregnant. So, wow. yeah, it took me three or four years to get back out. Three or four um, years living like that. Good yeah. Lord. Um, but I found the vodka. I was going to say, what do you find vodka in around? 100% proof. It was <laughs> like fire water. It burnt all the way down. Yikes. But the effect was there. <laughs> Did I need the effect? Dear God, you could have rubbed your car off that, yeah. surely. You know? And I could have got I could have got into trouble. Yeah. But, yeah. I was found with a drink, but the people that was with me at the time said she's a Christian, she needs drink. And they said, we're not having it. You, you get caught again and you'll get... Uh, in serious trouble. Wow. Well, thankfully, you, you made it back. Anyway, and, I'm you back. Know, and you're back. And, and I went and parted even yeah. more when I got back because I missed four years of my life. Well, that's it. you got four years <laughs> to make up for, my I'm word. divorced. <laughs> Isn't that just, you know. Uh, yeah. So let's talk, let's talk about the good stuff. Yeah. How long since you last picked a glass up? So, um, 24 years. 24 years, yeah. that's incredible. Big celebration next year. 25 and I turn 60. Hey, you know, come yeah. on, that's brilliant. That'll be a cracking cake, that won't it? That'll yeah. be it. One yeah. month 60, one month 25. That's absolutely so, brilliant, yeah, so that. It's, that. It's 24 years is remarkable. Mm. Absolutely remarkable. And what what's changed? Well, and I want people to know that, even though I'm saying I'm 24 years sober, hmm. believe you me, I haven't had 24 years of a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. Because the hardest thing to do is get sober. Because if you were like me, that you suffer from low self-esteem, your, your, your fear of going into crowded places and all that, it's about changing your life. 
but you have to do it. You have to feel it to do it. So it's been a hard, hard time with lots of friends and everything. Um, and don't ask me how many years into a year that things started to change, that I became confident enough. Um, I think my big tester was I'm a soul girl. Mm. I love my northern soul. Yeah. And I used to go to King George's All. And I remember the first time I went to King George's All and I thought, oh, my God, I can't, how, how am I going to do this without booze? Yeah. And there was no chance. And I remember going to a convention and a guy sharing, saying, um, telling his sponsor, well, I can't go on the dance floor tonight. And he said, why not? He said, because everybody was looking at me. And the sponsor turned around to me and said, well, why? What makes you so special that everybody's <laughs> looking at you? And from that moment, and I took that, and then the next com- um, soul do that came up, I got on the dance floor and I've never stopped dancing. I don't need anything in me because I, I love my music today. Um, you know, and of course, I'm my best friend now over 20 odd years, I met in the fellowship, you know, um, we do lots together. Um, you know, we go on holidays, but the best thing that I've got in recovery is the love of my boys back. Yeah. That um, is the best things that I ever got. And I've and got so, and grandkids. To be a granny. To be and a I've granny. got grandkids, you know, and... I would have never had that, been able to, to look after my grandkids. I'll never go anywhere near them or whatever. You know, mm. I'm just so, so fortunate. You know, and I hopefully, you know, one day at a time that my grandchildren don't see me drink, you yeah. know. It, and it is only one day at a time, you know. And I and when you were saying that, um, you know, asking people to come to AA or to go on the, the line, on the internet and have a look and everything, you know, it does say... And it does quote that the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. You yeah. don't have to be an alcoholic if you've just got a problem with drink, if it's just affecting your life, you know. There's people in, in the rooms that have come in because a glass of sherry was affecting their life. Yeah. To thousands is not enough. So We're you don't have to people. be a raving alcoholic, no, you don't have to be We're, drinking no. yourself. It's what it's doing to your life. Yeah. No matter what the drink is, it's what it's doing to your life. And like I say, I wasn't a 24-7 drinker. I was a bout drinker or a binge drinker. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I know they were getting closer together. Yeah. So at 35, I'm so grateful. Even though I didn't want it, I stayed around and eventually got it. Yeah. You know, and and I've seen people come and go, you know, and they come back. Nobody has ever walked through that door and said, when I went back out there, it was better than it was. Because if someone comes in and tells me life is better back out there drinking, I would be off. But nobody's come through that door. They've mm. lost more, you know, their health's gone worse. Yeah. And I listen to it. That's what I needed. That's why I go to meetings. That's why I help other people. Because them telling me how rubbish it is. Yeah reminds me of what I don't want to go back to. So it's worth and holding on to that. I was a violent, nasty alcoholic, you know. I don't want to be like that. I try to be, you know. Today I'm the life of the solar party. I don't need a drink. You can ask any of my friends or family. You know, sometimes <laughs> you ask at my ad one. <laughs> you know, and the, and the other thing is family don't, some of my family don't understand. Yeah. They say to me, 24 years, surely you can have one. That's it. In Do you know what I mean? It's like... I was talking really? about common <laughs> questions that, that I get asked when I'm, I'm doing this from, from my friends or what have you. And one of the things, oh, yeah, hey, yeah it's that religious thing, isn't yeah. it? And, and then you get like, well, once they're fixed, they, they can surely have a glass of wine. And I don't think people, you know, the, how that would unravel and, and, and what it would do to you, you know what I mean? Because the, the principle of it is that you can't stop at one because mm. you've said, I, I can't do that, so it's if not I for me. I could stop at one. 
Yeah, you know that. That's life some, been boring some for people. A start. Well, yeah, you, you might not have any tales to tell. You mentioned you like yeah. your music, and you've chosen oh. a, a piece of music for us. Yeah. You've chosen a, a I piece didn't go by down pink. the soul route. I went down um, pink because I love pink. Yeah, I love, she's great. Oh, you can go yeah. crazy. It's pink song. Yeah. But then she brought out this record called Sober, oh. and if you actually listen to the words, and she says, "Is it, is it great?" I can't remember words now. Well, we're going to hear it this in a minute. This is kicking in. <laughs> but she says how good it is to be sober. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, and, and that's why I went with Pink. To you. Yeah, right. it's well, a few years Well, ago. let's hear from her. Let's hear this one from Pink. It's been a delight to, to speak to both of you, to Alison uh, and to Jane. And this one is Jane's Choice. It's Pink. I don't want to be the girl who laughs the loudest the girl who never wants to be alone I don't want to be that girl at four o'clock in the morning Cause I'm the only one you know in the world that won't be home Trying to find 